in the early 1900s in Spokane, Washington, John G. Lake had over 100,000 verified healing miracles. My guest recently obtained a copy of Lake's original writings that reveal the secrets of divine healing. Next on this edition of It's Supernatural. Here again this week with Curry Blake. If you tuned in last week, you remember that Curry prayed for the sick and horror of horrors. His daughter died and he wanted her to come back to life. And he called the top evangelists that he could think of. And they were all too busy to come see him. And his daughter did not come back to life. And he made a vow. I will be your man, God. If anyone ever calls me, I will go. I won't be too busy for them. And then horror of horrors, his second child is actually his third child, daughter, dies. And this time, out of his spirit, he said, she's going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. She's going to live and not die. She's going to live and not And supernaturally, the life went back into this child. And she did live. And if you remember, he also had a heavenly visitation in which he literally, in this visitation in heaven, he saw a man trying to get to him by the name of John G. Lake, and he kind of left it there. But now we understand why he tried to get to him, because John G. Lake not only prayed for the sick and saw over 100,000 people in Spokane, Washington healed, but he could teach other people to pray for the sick, and these other people had the same results. And now, Curry, you have that original teaching. That's but there, how, did, how did it even come into your hands? Why your hands? Well, in 1995, I went to Alvin, Texas for a revival with Pauline Parham, Charles Parham's daughter-in-law. And during that time, I was put in contact with some people that were in a nursing home in Houston that had came to Houston with Dr. Lake in 1927. And they were divine healing technicians that he had trained. And they had a manual that he wrote and it was in their possession and it was I was told that I could have it whenever they passed away and I received it late 97 started studying it practicing it experimenting and we went from about a 35 percent success rate up to a hundred percent of the people that we can go back and document the people that have contacted us every woman that we prayed for that we know of is healed now out of curiosity when you teach this to other people do they get similar results? Yes, they do. Matter of fact, identical, and, and they're going to they're bypass us uh, because of where they're starting at. That's the beauty of it. Well, what is the <clears throat> difference? What did John G. Lake know that was almost buried for all of these years that we don't know today? Well, actually, the last time there were divine healing technicians was in 1920, and uh, bona fide technicians trained by Lake. In about two weeks... It'll be the first time in 80 years that anyone has been certified as a divine healing technician. We're going through a training class right now, and the people are seeing miracles. They're seeing healings. Most people that sit through the training get healed before they even finish the course. But tell me some of the secrets. I want to know. <clears throat> the, the, the two top ones I'll tell you, you know, real quick is this. One is you have to decide 
that this is it. Just like in sin, when you, when you came to Christ, you said, I'm, I'm tired of sin, I want sin out of my life, and you come to Christ and you give up sin. The same thing is with sickness and disease. When you decide that it is an enemy and that you're fed up with it and you're not going to take it anymore, and then you start attacking it, and you, begin, you get very aggressive. The, the aggressive nature is the main thing, the main one ingredient, but it doesn't come by just working yourself up into a frenzy or any of that kind of stuff. It comes from simple confidence, which is trust and faith. And you just know that God will do what he say he'll do. You just take his word for it, and then you attack the enemy anywhere you find him, whether it's in... You know, it sounds so simple, or, Curry, that you need some help to get confused. When you read the Bible, right. uh, the Messiah, he took an aggressive stance. That's right. That's right. The other main point would be the fact that we do not allow for failure. In other words, we don't back off. We don't pray once and then say, well, if they don't get it, it's their fault. That is not in the Bible. If anyone does not get healed, it's the person doing the laying on of hands, doing the ministry. It is their fault. The only time Jesus ever put blame on anyone, it was on his disciples for not being able to heal the sick. And so that's the, that's the same position we take. Uh, 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 let, let's, <clears throat> let's put it this way, where the rubber hits the road. Uh-huh. Not in a church situation. Right. Uh, you go out to one of the big public <clears throat> shopping malls in the uh-huh. United States. Tell me, tell me a place you went to and what happens. <clears throat> well, when it, not what, not where where the people have been studying their whole right, life, right, or, prepared and all that. Yeah. Right. No, uh, matter of fact, we see more and greater things out in out away from church uh, than we do actually in church. Christians try to work their way into it, and they don't get it that way. And that's why it's so hard to get Christians healed. A lot of times, you have to have enough power, enough spirit of God in you to blast through that thing in a Christian. Whereas uh, we went to Dillard's, for example. Uh, There's a, lady, a department store right, in the United in, States. It was, in, it was in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And a lady walked past me, a Hispanic woman, uh, middle-aged, with a, a twisted, b- deformed foot. She couldn't walk normal. And I was waiting on my wife. Nothing special, no vision, no rhema word, none of that kind of stuff. Just I saw her walk by, so I started following her because the sick catch my eye. And after I followed her a little bit, I asked her if I could pray for her. She agreed. I knelt down on the floor right there in that department store, grabbed her foot, and we don't pray for the sick. That's one of the main differences. We command healing, and we will not allow for anything else. And if I had to stay there three hours and do it, I would do it. But we, only, we were only there about five minutes, and her foot was instantly healed. Um, it, we heard the things pop, crack, all that kind of stuff. Grabbed her by the hand, started walking with her. At first, she still limped, but after we started walking a little bit faster, then she started walking normal. And then she threw up her hands and started praising God in Spanish, but you could still understand it. Right, right in the department right in the store. store. People stopped and watched me pray for her. And they just stood there and watched. Every church in America, just about, they pray for the sick, and sometimes someone is healed, but uh, more people are not healed than healed. How come? It's mainly because people set up their own, like you say, blockages. They decide what God... Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. Well, she didn't have to touch the hem of his garment. She could have just believed God, because healing you know, was in the, the, the covenant. So she could have got it any day. She could have went to the, the priest and got it. But... We set up blockages ourselves. Well, God won't heal me because I'm, I've got this problem in my life, or I'm not perfect yet, or, or I did this wrong thing. And that's until you get rid of that blockage. God's not stopping it. You're stopping it. It's your own conscience. The Bible talks about our own conscience condemning us. And he says, even if your own heart condemns you, then there's one that's greater. That's the greater one, the one that once you get that out of the way, if you didn't set that blockage up, you could be healed. Anybody can be healed anytime, anywhere. You, you really believe this, don't you? I definitely believe it. More every day, because I well, prove it every day. Sometime in this television show, 
I'm going to have you pray for the people. Yes, yes. Uh, but tell me other reasons that we don't see the results in churches. Well, we have a, one of the main things is, is just, well, I have a saying, sacred cows will keep you in milk, but they won't give you meat until you kill them. And that's what we do. We kill sacred cows, and when you kill all of them, then people start getting well, and they start learning how to heal the sick. It's not just about getting people well. It is training them to heal the sick, to go out and let God use them. But the main thing that causes that would probably be the two main doctrines, I would say. One is that we use the Roman Greco method of instruction as opposed to the Hebrew method. The Roman Greco method said, gather everybody up in a room, one person stand up front, teach them. When you get done, give them a certificate, send them on their way. And then they get to go out and find out what they don't know because you don't learn anything until you do it. And, and, of course, the Jewish way, or the way that Yeshua, that's Hebrew for Jesus, did it, is he said, come follow me, watch what I do, right. and do it the same way. Exactly. exactly. And that's what we do in these courses. We, when we do the seminars like this, we teach people, and we actually get them to go out with us. We went out to... Uh, yeah, you know, a, but before you even tell that, you know what really upsets me mm -hmm. is uh, religion has become spectator sport, uh, yes, and yes. whoever uh, has, has, has the best message uh, that they're giving, the, the best music, uh, the, the seeker-sensitive, and you have professionals, and then you have non-professionals. But we're all supposed to be enlisted in the Army. My understanding is in the first congregation and in history of, of the church, we find that the least Christian could lay hands on the sick and people would be healed. That's right. That's exactly right. Because after all, it's God that does the healing, not the person. And people just need to realize that people can be trained. Jesus trained his disciples to heal the sick. The same training can go on today. And we're proving it. Okay, so, so tell me another going in. I like the idea of going in the public place in, yeah, in a yeah. shopping mall. Tell right. me about another well, one. We went to um, a, a, what they call the projects in one area and people were sitting outside their homes. This was a, a low-income area, and they were sitting outside because it was too hot to go inside. So there were people sitting around that were sick, diseased, had different things. One lady in particular had, had, been, had suffered a stroke. She was paralyzed on one side. We went up to her, told her, said, we've been in healing meetings all this week, and we just want to see Jesus do something out here with real people as opposed to in the church with church people. So we said, could we pray for you? And she said, sure. What? She didn't believe anything like anybody else. She was just there. And we told her, you don't have to do a thing. We're going to have faith for you. You just sit here and receive it. And then we laid hands on her. We commanded the healing to come about. And then I grabbed her arm and started moving her arm. And pretty soon she started moving it. Then she's waving it around her head. Then she said, uh, the pain's gone. All the pain is gone. The neighbors started gathering around. Then she said, uh, what, what about my leg? Well, we asked her, what about your leg? Because it was stiff, too. And she said, I don't know. And she started moving it. Uh, Curry, I'm sorry. It, I'm going to have to stop you right now. Mm -hmm. The presence of God is so strong. I want you to pray for the sick right now. You've Good. got to. Don't miss what yes. God has right, right now. Okay. Right now, if you're sick, what I want you to do is just sit back, open your hands, and say, yes, God, I received the gift you have for me. You don't have to have special faith. That act will bring about the healing. I'm fixing to pray for you. I'm not going to pray, God, if it be thy will, God, please do this. I'm not going to beg him. I'm going to do exactly what he said to do, and that is to speak those things which be not as though they were. And I'm going to, I can't reach you, but I can stretch my hand out towards you. And if you will just receive it right now, you will be healed exactly where you are. So just take note of the type of prayer because this is what works all over the country. It's what's worked everywhere, and it's the way to do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I bless your holy name. You are the Lord God. And in the name of Jesus, you told us to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Not they might, not they can, but they will recover. So, Father, right now, 
by an act of faith, I stretch forth my hand and I say in the name of Jesus, I'm praying, this is a prayer of faith, this is your part right now, this is for you sitting there right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. In the name of Jesus, you be healed of the back problem. You be healed of the neck problem right now. Right now, as you're sitting there, you're listening to this and you can't even see it. I command your eyes to open in Jesus' name. You see with the eyes of God in Jesus' name. Ears open in the name of Jesus. We command absolute healing. And in the name of Jesus, we do not accept anything less. So right now, just believe it, receive it, accept it. It is yours. The word goes forth. It will not return void. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. What, what I am hearing and feeling is the compassion of the Lord. Okay. And there is, it, it's what I notice is when you pray for people, well, as I've observed you, you start many times weeping. Why, why do you weep? Um, it is the compassion of God. And for me to weep is really something because I was raised very stoic. I did not uh, show emotion. I was raised in a, a family with a police officer and that kind of thing, and you just didn't show emotion. But when the Spirit of God starts to move upon me and I sense it, I just start crying. A lot of times I don't even sense it till I start crying. And there's no emotion connected with the crying. It, tears just flow. But... And I don't look for the tears because people get healed without them. But every time I cry, people are, there's always somebody gets healed. Every time. A lot of times I can't even finish our meals at restaurants because I just start crying. And when I do, I start looking around because I know somebody's there that God. Tell me a healed. specific person in a restaurant. You're you're eating. You're all of a sudden you start crying. And what do you do? Um, actually, this person was uh, in our hometown back in Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. And we had um, not doing anything special. Just went out to eat. And I saw this person that um, their, their uh, leg was, they were, they were not crippled, but they, their leg, there was something wrong with it, put it that way. And it was stiff. That was the main problem. And I went over and just started talking to them. And as I spoke to them, I told them, I said, the only reason I'm here, I tell them, hi, my name's Craig Blake. This probably sounds crazy, but I pray for people and God heals them. That's just the way it is. And I'll pray for your leg if you'll let me right now and God will heal you right now. And nine times out of ten, they say, yeah, go ahead. I've only had one person ever turn me down. And they always get healed every time. This person always got, get healed. Always get healed. In in situations like that, it is literally always instant. Now, just out of curiosity, isn't it a little embarrassing for your family as you're having a family dinner and all of a sudden you start weeping and people wonder maybe your wife has just abused <laughs> you in some way? Uh, do, do they try to say, "Well, cool down. It's family time." Right at first, they did because they thought it was just emotion. Mm-hmm. But now they start looking around too. And, and once, see, once the power of God is demonstrated in someone's life, then people, all the other stuff starts falling away. The false doctrines, false teachings, the, the, this, you know, all little things, all the trivialities of life fall away because you know somebody's going to get healed, someone's going to get help. Uh, we've talked to people everywhere, word of knowledge for people in Walmarts. Uh, they start crying. I'm already crying usually when I'm talking to them. What, what do you mean by word of knowledge? Uh, a word of knowledge is whenever God tells you a specific Thing that is going on in their life. It may be for healing. It may be for just a situation. Give life. me a, a, a real life experience. Okay. Word of uh, knowledge. I was in Walmart. Tried to talk to this girl that I knew God wanted me to. Didn't want to because I didn't have a word. I didn't know what to say. And I let her get away from me. I found her again. And then I started, I just walked up to her and said, this may sound crazy, but God told me to come talk to you. And I said, I don't know all this, but I know that he says right now that what you're going through, you're going to come out of this stronger. And don't worry, he's with you. He knows where you're at, and he has not left you. And she started crying, and then she told me. She had a little girl in a buggy with her. And she said, uh, my, I, and at first I told her, I said, all, all we need is more of this. 
and I put my hand on her daughter, which sounded kind of strange. Some people might not receive more children as a blessing. But she started crying, and she said, well, my husband and I just separated, and he filed for divorce. And I said, well, don't, aren't you glad that God knows your situation? He, he told me to come tell you you're going to be okay. And I said, and I guess this is your daughter. And she said, yeah, her name is Faith. So when I laid my hand on her and said, all you need is more of this, God was saying, you need more faith. But I didn't know her name was Faith. So that's a word of knowledge, something that you can't possibly know from the physical realm, but you just know it. And that, that happens pretty regularly, especially when I'm praying for people. And we pray for them during our services. We start praying. I don't move through quick. I take my time with each person. And that's part of that compassion because I have to hear their story. I have to know what's going on with but, them. But in the average church, they'll just boom, 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 just touch them and right. it's done. But well, and most of them aren't healed. Exactly. I was going to say it's not done. It's, they're touched, but yeah. they're not healed. And what good is that? That's part of the difference right there. We stay with them. We don't give up until they get what they need. We just don't give up. It's that perseverance. Faith is nothing but determined perseverance. 